It's time for the Orlando Lions Den Podcast with your hosts, JJ, Eddie, Cleon, and Alex Brown. With another edition of Orlando Lions Den, the podcast. I'm Jason JJ Jose as one of your hosts, along with Cleon. What's happening, Cleon? Doing good as always. And we have Eddie the Commish. Happy to be here. What's up, everyone? And we have two special guests with us uh, today. Uh, one is a former United States men's national team. Uh, were you ever a captain? You were a captain, weren't you? At times. At times. At times. <laughs> Uh, the Gooch Man. How you guys doing? And then we have the general manager for OCB, up, Mike guys? Botempa. So we are here. We are here at SEMA uh, to talk about some OCB. And Cleon, uh, I know you've got you got the encyclopedia over there. I know you love to start asking some of these questions to these guys. So Gooch, tell me first before Cleon you go. Gooch, tell me a little bit about uh, for people that don't know who you are which if they don't then they must have been in another world but tell us a little bit about yourself um well i'm a tourist i like long walks on the (laughs) (laughs) no obviously um i've played with the u.s national team for probably a little bit over a decade my last game was probably in 2014 played in the 02 and 2010 world cup played overseas for over 14 years had a multitude of clubs and um, great clubs, by the way. Yeah, not bad, <laughs> not bad, not bad. Um, you know, I finished my career in the MLS at Philadelphia Union in 2017, and um, continuing being involved in in soccer here at uh, OCB. Awesome, Mike. Tell us a little bit about yourself for the people that don't know who you are. So, I also grew up with a similar experience as, as Gooch. Uh, played for the national teams my whole life. Played in the U seventeen World Cup in '95 in Quito, Ecuador. Was with the U twenties uh, with Ziggy Schmidt. And I went to Clemson University for four years. That's where actually we met. I was a senior and Gooch was a freshman at the time. Um, then I got drafted by the LA Galaxy. Had to retire due to injuries because I had so many surgeries and problems with my body. Uh, I got into coaching, coached at Clemson University for seven years, and then I came here at Montverde Academy in 2010 and just, you know, sort of had a vision of what I think could be done here. And uh, here we are I'm now working with Orlando City as the uh, academy director and also um, general manager of OCB at the revamp of OCB, the next generation of young players. And uh, I'm really excited about what what's what's we have in store here. Awesome. Uh, Cleon. You want to start it off? 
All right, so we're here to talk about the OCD roster. Um, how how has that build come along for you, putting together this pro team? I've been thinking about this for over a year in terms of what OCB could be. Um, I've been around Orlando City since the beginning, and I kind of have observed how it's unfolded. And I, I always thought that OCB, if done if done well, um, according to how kind of I see things, it could be really beneficial for the first team. And the first thing that we want to accomplish with the roster is to provide a pathway for kids in the academy to see their way into the professional game. Because uh, before, it was a little bit difficult when OCB was for first-team players getting rehab minutes or older players just to compete for the league. The kids in the academy couldn't really see their pathway to the first team. And I think the number one priority for us is to now build a path through OCB to give the kids the next step after the 19s if they're good enough to sign them and then get them in a professional environment to develop for the first team. So the number one goal for the roster and building was seeing who do we have in our academy and who might be ready for this step and believing in them and signing them. And that's why our first two announcements were tactically done with Luke Grenatour, who's 15 years old on the national team, and also um, Jordan Bender, who's 17 years old, been with the national team, has been played with the U19s for the past two years. That was really a tactical statement to say, um, we believe in these young players, doesn't matter your age. And now what's happened is the entire academy has now been motivated and lifted up entirely with interest, with talent, with results, and motivation to see some of their own actually having a chance to play professional soccer. And so that was a big piece at the beginning is to see what youngsters we have to be able to add and then, of course, use our connections and our scouting to find the rest to give it the next level of maturity and have a variety of options for the first team. Um, So I didn't want to go any higher than 23 years of age. Um, And so... Our 23-year-olds are our veterans, Mateo Silva, for example, who is a very young man, but he's one of the older players. And so we have a nice mix, I believe, of older players who have the responsibility, who have some experience, younger players who have um, extreme promise. And so my goal really was that the first team can come to an OCB game and see players that maybe will be ready for the first team in the summertime. Or maybe at the end of this year, they're ready to sign them next January or maybe is a project that takes two years and we're tracking this one for two years. And so there's a wide variety of um, possibilities for the first team uh, to choose from. And that's really the goal of this team is to give them opportunities um, to increase their scouting and, and possibilities to sign players for the first team. It's cheaper for the club. We promote homegrown talents. We raise up the Academy as a result. And then of course, you know, it allows a lot of flexibility within the club to get, these homegrown talents to spend their money in big time talents in other positions, perhaps because we're believing in our homegrowns. Okay. Um, that's good. Um, question. I'm looking over the roster. I've noticed it's kind of broken into kind of seems like three sections to where is there's the Academy kids. Then you have like youth internationals, um, that were brought over from overseas. Then it seems like we have like the NCA graduate slash, young, maybe MLS-drafted people like, like Mateo Silva and um, and the number 10. Rafael Santos. Santos. I like him. I can't remember his name, but I like him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Who was he again? Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I like him. No, yeah, I like yeah. him. I, wanted, I, like I, wanted them to dra- I actually wanted them to draft him when he was going through. But um, 
talking about the academy kids. Uh, Jordan Benders, the name you just brought up. Um, I had I had noticed looking back when you know eights uh, uh, attests that he had been called up for a couple times to you know train with the first team. Jordan seems like a kid that's made a huge, huge jump in the last year or so. Um, what what is going on with him to where he's he looks like a completely different player in person, to be honest. When, I can remember when Jordan and his father walked into my office and I had a meeting with them. Uh, they were still in this this phase of where do we go? What do we do? This was in January of last year. Um, and at that time, they didn't know that we were going to sort of join partners with Orlando City. And I had known his father from playing uh, adult league when I first arrived here. So we, we keep in touch. And so what I saw out of the boy, I saw a hungry kid. I saw a very professional attitude, very intense uh, kid who wanted to be a professional. He was very clear from the beginning with me. I don't want to go to college. I want to be a professional soccer player. And you don't meet many kids with that type of mentality these days because it's such a big part of our culture. And, you know, I obviously saw the talent on the field. And what he needed was the right environment. He needed the right culture. And so once we started working with him and he started to believe in it, the next step was he himself said, I want to go to Mother Academy because I want to be around the culture every day. I want to train twice per day. I want to be in this culture. And he, he, he enrolled um, for August. And what they get on the backside that not many people understand is when you're consistently in the right culture and consistently in an uh, intense training environment with competition, you have no choice but to improve um, or else it's either one or the other. You improve or you reject it and you leave. Uh, there is no sort of middle ground. And so him being in the school, him being around the environment, him being around the coaching staff, him being around, you know, the entire time training with Seema Gold, training with Orlando City. It's changed him as a person and it's changed him as a player. And everybody has seen it. College coaches say, I can't believe the change and I see in Jordan Bender. You know, uh, and, and we put him in with the first team for the second week of preseason, and they were very pleased with, with how he handled himself. And so at 17 years of age, for me, I always saw the talent. He just needed the right environment. And when he gets in the right environment, he's flourishing. So he's one that I anticipate um, the first team being a very, very uh, interesting candidate for a homegrown contract in time. And I think he's not too far away, maybe a year or two. And we're maybe seeing at 19 years of age, he's a homegrown talent that came straight from the academy. I believe in that. That's awesome. I wanted to ask you, Mike, um, what specific traits do you look for in these young players to know they have what it takes to be professionals this young? I mean, you're, you're saying if they're young, they're good enough, they're, no matter what age, they're going to play, right? So what, how can you – what stands out? What traits uh, do you look for to, to know that they're viable for this? Soccer-wise, the first thing I always look at when I scout talent is their ability with the ball at their feet. For us, you have to be – able to be technical enough to handle the ball under pressure. And that maybe separates me than a lot of other American style coaches or scouts that they prefer the big athletic, strong guys. And then you need some of that. But for me, everybody has to be technical enough to play. Uh, and so for me, technical ability is vital. Um, but more so, uh, of course, you have to have a physical presence. You have to have some mobility. You have to have athleticism. Those are, those are a given, but I also look for mentality, and this is a big one that can separate a good player from a great player, a great player from the best player, is you have to see how they react in times of adversity and see how they handle it. 
um, in training, in games, off the field here, I have the ability to see in school. Um, and Luke Granny Tour, for example, this is a boy who, when we started working with the U19s, Nando and I were the head coaches of the U19s. Um, I remember one day I was in U19 and I looked down on the credit court and there was a kid banging a ball off the, off the goal on his own. And I turned to uh, one of my buddies and said, who, who is this kid? Because we just started. And he said, that's Luke Grantour. He's with the U15s. And I said, oh. I said, well, what's he doing? Training's over. He said, no, no. Him and his dad drive two and a half hours each day from uh, Vero Beach for training. And his dad's sleeping in the car uh, for an extra hour so he can make it home at night. And I said, tell this kid to stop messing on the Cruyff court. Come join the U19s. Let's get him involved if he's going to be here. And when he, from the second he started training with us, I saw his mentality. I saw his seriousness. I saw his desire to be a player. And he's gone through some adverse moments in his personal life. And I saw him last summer, despite that adversity, go and destroy the academy and scored eight goals in six, three games or something like this um, at the U15 level. And then we took him and, and, and put him in the national team. Um, but this boy has a mentality that even the U19s, he's banging home six or seven goals as a 15-year-old, it shows this kid has something different. And a lot of it, to me, has to do with the mentality and able to deal with adversity. And you can see it on the field, how they react. Um, so the technical part is a given. You have to have it. But more so, and, and Gooch can talk about this a little bit further, but he was always somebody I admired because he was always uh, level-headed at any situation, good or bad. And he went through good times and bad times, but he's always the same guy. And he's able to handle that. And that's something I think is really valuable to us to have with young kids as him as a role model to be able to monitor and mentor these kids um, because we're even doing it right now, talking about the kids' mentality. And, and it's very important to be able to be a professional because a lot of guys just think it's about the soccer. It's not about the soccer. Everyone's good at the soccer. But you have to deal with the pressure. You have to deal with issues, family problems, trades, You know, no job, getting cut, no contract, money. And you have to be able to perform under that as well, even though maybe, you know, there's a huge game on the weekend, but you have family problems or you have contractual problems, you know, with your agent dealing with on the side and you still have to perform. It's not easy. And, and I know Gooch is probably a better guy to speak with than, than me, um, but we look for that. It's very important. Even you can tell it even from a young age. Yes. So, yeah, good. So, um, you, with you, your. You want me to follow up after that? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, it might be a little bit of meat left he on the asked bone there. Me. He asked, yeah, so. yeah, exactly. So, Gooch, I wanted to, with your 14 years overseas and, and your, your various different roles in different countries and different clubs, like, what, what is it that, that you, you wish you knew when you were young or someone had told you that when you were young, like before you made that? And how are you, you reflecting that on, onto the, the OCB kids? Well, you know, to reiterate what Mike said, I wish I knew at an earlier age that it's not all about the soccer. It's, you know, probably more the mental game about who's going to sustain a career rather than who, who can keep the ball at their feet. You know, and a lot of times, even now, I'm telling the kids, um, are you going to let me break you mentally? I want to see who's going to break because that's the person that's going to be weaker in their career. You know, I want to see that strong character that just blocks me out, blocks the crowd out, blocks the, the, the critics out, blocks all the, the bad press in the paper or the magazines, et cetera, and doesn't let that shake him. You know, that's the player I want, you know, and I tell a lot of them, even in training, I'm like, you're going to hate me now, but you're going to love me later. I promise you, you know, and I'm doing this because I want to build mentally strong players because that's just as equally as important as, 
having a physically strong player, you know, um, because everybody goes through high and lows in their careers. Um, you know, you, you can't play a hundred percent all the time, you know, and when you're not at a hundred percent, where are you mentally, you know, and a lot of players, unfortunately in all disciplines, not just soccer, basketball, football, whatever, hockey, they engulf their themselves and what they do. Their, their self-worth is the player, you know, and, you got to understand that there's another part of you, you know, the psyche and your, your mind lies to you. And I'm trying to, we're trying to create a culture to kind of make them uncomfortable, you know, and because I, I always preach this, that success is uncomfortable, you know, and, and you have to understand, you have to be in that, that zone of uncomfort and perform that right there is achievement, not playing at your, your comfort zone and doing what you're comfortable with or playing at a level that you know you can achieve is, is selling yourself, okay, I'm, I'm better than this. I'm going to put myself where I'm not as good and see if I can rise to that occasion, you know, because pressure does one of two things. It busts pipes or it makes diamonds. You know, right here, we're trying to, we're trying to build a, an environment. We're trying to build a culture. We're trying to create a team where we're revealing a bunch of diamonds on the field and in, in the squad. All right. Let me ask you a question. And this is, I don't know if it's for Mike or Guja. Um, it's basically, we have parents that, you know, have their kids at Orlando City Academy from the beginning, basically out in Lake Sylvan and everything. And now we're starting here with the DA here. Everything's coming here to Montverde. And a lot of parents are like, ah, you know, my kid, they're not picking my kid. You know, they have that, especially the parents that think their kids are phenomenal and everything. Um, what would you tell those parents, um, you know, that why is it their kid is not, you know, how can I say, not getting picked or not coming over here? You know, they don't understand the DA. A lot of them don't understand what an academy is. I I know because, you know, and a lot of us know because from Europe and everything, um, how academies work. But everybody, you know, these parents and everybody's like, oh. You know, it's a regular thing. It's just coming here and playing soccer, but it's not that. Um, what would you tell those parents, you know, about what this is, what the DA is and what the academy is? I would say that the DA for Orlando City is much different than, say, a DA um, at a non-MLS academy. And, and there are two different things. For Orlando City, um, our job is to find the best talent possible that we believe has professional potential even down to the U11 age group. Um, of course, are we going to get it all right? No. But, you know, what we do is we tr try to provide exactly what kids need at certain age groups to be able to say, this kid has the potential to continue and has a potential to be a professional on and off the field, or maybe they struggle with pressure, or maybe they're just not getting to the level that we think they could be. And, it's more competitive because a lot of people from all around the country keep emailing and calling, wanting to be part of it now that it's just sort of a pathway to pro and it's competitive. And, you know, I can say that myself, all of our coaches never approach a trialist or never approach uh, an ID session saying, you know, uh, he's really good, but let's not take him. It's, it's how he fits into our system. It's, how we believe a soccer player should look, how we believe a soccer player should move, how we believe a soccer player should think on the field. And not a lot of people who've played at a, at a decent level can see 
does a player understand the game or not? And and that's the hardest part sometimes for parents is that they're very supportive of their kids. They want the best for their kids, but they don't understand the game. And so then when their kid doesn't get chosen for whatever reason, they automatically say resort to negativity. And that's just sport, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But our job, of course, is to find the best players, whether they come from South Florida, North Florida, Oklahoma, wherever. Um, We want to put together the most competitive rosters because these are the future homegrown players, future OCB players. And so our job is maybe different than, say, for example, um, uh, another DA, Clearwater. You know, Clearwater is close. They don't have a professional team. So their mission may be a little bit different than ours, but... Um, the competitive nature of an MLS academy is such where we have to find the best players, develop those players, have the best coaches, and, and develop them for the first team. And then uh, do you guys uh, recruit the high schools or other clubs around in the Orlando area, Seminole County, Orange Lake? Yes. Okay. It's our job basically to, to – what what my vision is and what my hope is for the club and what we're trying to build is, is that any player in Florida who has talent mm-hmm. wants to play for Orlando Correct. City. You know, it's like if you're in the Netherlands, if if Ajax called, you you don't even think about your old club. You're already there you're and there. saying, I want to play. This is what we want to create. So we're, we're working a lot on managing relationships in the local area, building relationships with the clubs, because we also don't want to be perceived as a just, we want to take your best player. Thanks. Good luck to you. We want to have a relationship with these guys and other clubs to, to welcome them, to share ideas. We're doing that with certain clubs. So they want to feel like, yeah, we have a player and we want to trust them at the next phase of Orlando City. And, and that way, once we get it rolling, our mission, of course, is to dominate Florida. We have to dominate Florida and get the best young players here um, because, you know, we're the right now the only MLS club in the state. So this is what we're working on the grassroots level to create. Gotcha. Awesome. I got a question of Gucci, if you could um, touch on this. We, we see the incentive structure for, our, um, like, the local kids, for American kids, right, or the academy to the first team. How you being, um, as a sporting director, part of your role is recruiting, so – What's the, the incentive structure to pitch for kids from other countries like Brazil and, and you see kids from Senegal and Canada? What's the incentive structure? Like what's the, the pitch, so to speak? To come for OCB? To come for OCB, yeah. Well, obviously, there is a surplus of players around the world um, and unfortunately a lack of opportunity for those players. So, you know, you have players from Senegal, Brazil, where talent is just bred there daily. You know, it, soccer is religion you know, outside of America. And so what happens is a lot of these kids fall through the cracks, much, much like American players on a, on a different level. So, you know, what we, what, what you do, op, uh, what you do offer to these kids is a platform to continue their dream of being a professional where perhaps they would have, you know, not had the opportunity in their, in their countries. Um, there's a lot of individual, a lot of foreign talent in the MLS that, you know, opted to leave Europe to continue and excel here, here in, uh, in the MLS, you know, Atlanta United is, is a prime example of that, you know, with their foreign talent and how they've achieved the, the ranks that they are in the last two years, you know, and for us, it's, it's, it's the same model, you know, um, we have an opportunity to, to create this unique culture here at uh, Orlando City B, um, alongside Mount Verde, we're able to be able to recruit local talent as well as international talent with regards to the the quality of coaching we have obviously with the quality of recruitment and mike and the the academy that he's developed here um and also with the influence of 
my career and what I've done and the influence of that. So I think the combination of all sides of this project really put together a strong, um, a strong plea for what we're doing. Nice. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Um, before getting jumping back to the roster, um, part of, for Mike, part of you picking Gooch, basically as your wingman or whatever, Come on, come on. Give me something better than that. It's got sporting director. Gooch as your side chick. Part of this is like, I know part of this has to work almost like a marriage to where it's, it's, you two aren't the same. You know what I mean? And Gooch, just from the little bit of time I've been here, he doesn't seem like the type to, doesn't seem like a yes man at all. (laughs) Or the type to, if he's got a different opinion, he's going to speak. And to be fair, Mike doesn't um, look like he wants yes, man. He looks like he's challenged <laughs> all the time. So uh, is having somebody like that who isn't afraid to challenge maybe one of your ideas or anything like that, is is was, is part of that part of choosing somebody like him? Besides besides you two already having a, a chemistry and relationship. I, I Absolutely. I'm the type of person who... I want to be the best in everything that we do. I don't like getting involved in something unless we're the best. Now, it may take time. In order to do that, in my opinion, you need people around you that may be better than you in certain areas or can challenge you in certain areas and make you think. Because if 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 I have all people around me that just agree to everything I say, then we're all thinking the same way. And there could be a possibility that we're not thinking the right way. But um, the one thing I will say about, about Gooch was back in 2013 – uh, when we started the SEMA program, I had this idea that I wanted an ambassador, um, somebody who had played at the highest level or coached at the highest level to teach the kids that we're bringing in here how to be a professional on and off the field. And at that time, it was he was very, very well known. He was the gooch. Everybody knew the national team, the stare down of the Mexican player and all that stuff. <laughs> and he was my first choice. This Latin fight. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. <laughs> Sorry. He he was my first choice, yeah. And I called him, and he was in Europe at the time. Um, and I explained, you know, I wanted an American. I wanted somebody who was a good person. I wanted somebody who believed in education, and wanted somebody that's done it at all levels. And I couldn't have thought of a better person to do it. Unfortunately, you know, it didn't work out at that time with where he was at his career and the time and things. But, um, you know, now that he was retired, I called him up again and I said, you know, look, here we are again, and and. For me, it's the perfect choice for this project because we're dealing with kids who have the dream to be professional. He's done it already. You know, he's a lot more powerful and influential in his words than maybe I am because of the career he had. He's done everything these kids want to do, and he's dealt with every single experience that a professional has had from World Cups to AC Milan to everything else. And so he's been through the struggles with injury, and he's also played at the highest level with the best players in the world. And so... He does, and that was something, you know, to his credit, when we were talking, he, he actually said that to me. He said, look, I don't want to walk in a position where I don't have any say or you're not going to listen to me or, you know, it's just your way or the highway. And I said, look, this is why I'm bringing you here. And and I accept everything that he says with respect, and he makes me think. And, and what's good is he's always calm, and, and that's good for me to be around because things go, you know, in all directions all the time. And he... He brings a sense of calmness to it for me. And he also, I told him, I said, look, I want to sign the roster. Once that's done, because I have the academy to manage, I have Seaman to manage. I said, this is, this is really your 
your job to manage internally with the players, with the coaches, with the, uh, you know, all the things that go along with it. I'm here to make sure it jives with Montverde and how we operate things on the campus. But in terms of who you are, your ability to mentor, your organization of the coaches, that's on you. And and I'll accept whatever recommendations you have. So certain times, you know, is this a, an open or closed door scrimmage? It's up to you. You make it, you know, whatever you think. That's just an example. Players. We talk about players all the time. Hey, check out this player. What do you think? I don't like him. Okay, no problem. I'm open to that because that's the only way I feel as though I'll get better. I need people that are better than me and have more experience than me in certain areas. And together we have a really nice team. So Fernando has tremendous coaching ability in Europe. I don't have that. Great. He's played as a professional. He's done it all else. I never did. Another one. Tony Hernandez, our director of methodology. He's had it at a professional club in La Liga for seven years, developing talents at homegrown. I don't. Great. This is what I believe will make us the best. And that's what uh, that's my philosophy on on bringing in people that will challenge you and, and not be just yes men. And, and we exactly. need to be mature enough just to accept criticisms and or suggestions and think, not just say, no, nah, it's not right. No, I believe. Look, tell me what you think and let's go with it. If your idea is better than mine, let's do it. Doesn't sound like a wing man to me, Cleon. <laughs> <laughs> Robin. Yeah, Robin. Robin. So, Mike, I have a question or, or Gucci, whoever. Um, the, your roster, like how is the roster with having Gucci on board and everything – you've been thinking about it for a year, you said, right? How did it like start and how has that come to fruition or has it changed and evolved through there? Any difficulties or challenges you didn't anticipate? There's always challenges. Yeah. As I mean, I have a lot of experience in building teams because this is what I do for SEMA. This is what I did for SEMA Gold. This is what we did for the OCDA. And I always say, if you want 25 players, you realistically have to talk to 60 or more because somebody may change their mind Another better deal might come through. You may change your mind. Maybe it doesn't work out with an agent. I mean, this stuff happens all the time. And so, you know, with the connections that we've built over the course of nine years, I have a lot of uh, different avenues to explore for players. And so, you know, as soon as we announced that this was going to happen, you know, of course, I have connections, many connections in Brazil. I have many connections in Africa. We also have talent here that I've scouted for SEMA that we can take advantage of that are 18 years old, like a test joke. I started to test when he was, I've been following the test since he was 11. He brought him here when he's 15, you know, now he's 18 and he's ready to go. Um, and also we have guys that are in college, you know, uh, Abdullah Jup just went to Eastern Florida. So he's right here nearby and he was with the first team last year. So we have a huge network and web of players in addition to bridging new relationships like we did um, in terms of the three lone players from Let's Go Paranaense. You know, that's a direct relationship Orlando City has. And we need to you know, take advantage of that. For me, the way I looked at it is we need youth with our international spots. We need slam dunk home run big time players that can contribute right away. And we can't make any mistakes on internationals. No mistakes. Almost like a DP for the first team. Yes. You have to be sure this player is going to contribute and contribute in a major way and add something to your team. Um, and then, of course, we have players like Rafael Santos, who I heavily believe in as a player. Just didn't work out with DC United. He's a great player. He needs a chance because there's no reason why that kid can't be a professional soccer player. So, uh, Cleon's right. It's really developed into three different areas. You got your youngsters, you got your internationals, you got to get right, and then you got your guys who need a chance. And that's where Jordan Hills of the world, Rafael Santos of the world, Mateo Silva's of the world, you know, um, Sebastian Joffrey's of the world. These kids have talent, and they just like Jordan Bender. We discussed. They need to get in the environment, and they'll fly. Okay. Speaking of. Uh you know, the, the youth international guys you did bring over. 
Um, what led you to uh, select these guys? Juliano, uh, the goalkeeper, uh, Thiago Souza, Leo Silva, Sergino. So all these have different stories, <laughs> you know, that I could go on all night with, you know, the different stories on how it happened. But Juliano, I remember from when he came here for the national team of Brazil. You know, I remember I had. Um, some conversations with him just in passing. You know, I spent a lot of time with the team. I liked the way he played. I followed him into the U-17 World Cup. Um, when I visited Lechico Pernanense, because I had contacts from well before, um, from about four years ago, um, they gave me a roster of players that Fernando and, watch, and I watched the U-20s and the U-23s. And Giuliano stood out in the match, and I always remembered him. So I asked what would the possibility be of a loan situation, and they were all about it. So yes, you know, He's he's a national team player. He's our starter U23s, but he's not quite ready for the first team, and he needs to play. Slam dunk for me. Mm. Leo Simas is an attacking right back. I mean, it, he, this kid is, is incredible talent uh, at only 20 years old. He just turned 20 in November. But as an attacking right back, you know, he is a fantastic talent that, again, they were open for a loan situation because in that, in that right back role, they have five players ahead of him. So then the question becomes, if they have five players ahead of him at the attacking right back at the first team or in line to be a first team, he needs to play. Mm-hmm. you know. And Thiago is a, is a player that's been at Let's Go Pinanes for quite some time, and he needs a cultural change. He needs to get out and explore another team because he's been there since the youth, and they feel like it's beneficial if he goes to another team, plays another championship in another culture and country, and see how he does there. But he's also a very dynamic winger. Um, you know, a, a tremendous talent. Serginho, as we talked about, you know, I had known him also from the national team and followed him. He followed us and uh, just came to fruition that he was interested in leaving. I, I had visited Corinthians uh, twice, uh, spoke with their directors, spoke with their youth directors, explained what we were trying to do, actually invited them to come see it. So we have a very good relationship with that. Brandon John, who's a Canadian senior international, you know, he played for us in PDL. Um, unfortunately, he had a knee injury in PDL. So he he needed an avenue to get back and he's the level he's played for Sounders. He's played in Germany. Um, and he's a very athletic player that we like uh, a lot, especially off the field. He's very personable and very responsible. Mateo Silva, I've known for, for a long time because we basically, um, watched him grow up here. Uh, Tess Juf is in our Academy, as I said, for three years. Um, so a lot, there's different stories behind how we do it and how how it actually unfolds. But for every Giuliano, there was probably six or seven I was looking after that never worked out. And that's where you have to, as a, as a general manager, you always have to be thinking, well, what if this player doesn't work out? What are my other options? And be always talking to these players until the paper sign. When the paper sign, you can relax a little bit. But then even then, we're worrying about the visas. They're not here yet. Rafael Santos is the same thing. Rafael grew up here. Drafted by DC United, had a great career at BCU. You know, if he's in the right environment here, the professional level in two years, one, two years, I think he's gone. Uh, he just needs the right thing. So um, that's how we kind of went about it. Some I knew, some just have luck, and some you really have to go there and talk to the people and explain your project and explain what you're trying to do. Um, and in essence, if Sergino comes here and in one or two years he's with the first team or he moves to Europe, everybody wins. Orlando City B has helped in his production. You know, if he transfers to Europe, it's great for the boy. Corinthians gets a kickback, Orlando B gets something, and or hopefully my goal is that within six, eight, ten months, uh, James O'Connor and Luis are saying we want to sign Sergino. Perfect. Then it works. And you did all this without transfer fees, etc. Right? Correct. Man. 
And I feel like this is a lot like like sales. You you have to find, you have to find like like the angle, right? You 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 have diamonds in the rough there that they're not cultivating, right? And you're like, let me get them out of your hands. It has and to be individuals and players that believe in the vision, yeah. right? Otherwise, it won't work. And there and for all the success stories, there are the players that you know faded away and did not believe in it. And you know that's what makes this current squad special because you know they're committed to what we're about. They're committed to the vision that Mike has laid out, that Nando's laid out, that I'm laying out as well. And so that's why we're so excited about the upcoming uh, season and what what everybody's about to see. Nice. And two things on that is that one of the one of the ways we've been able to sell it too uh, is providing education. Yeah. You know that not many people think about, but Rafael Santos, for example, is playing for his master's degree. You know, he's very interested in his master's degree. Not many people would think of that angle to to help the boys improvement as a person, his educational career. But he's very interested in that, you know. And and so those are certain things. And and of course, you start talking to players sometimes at clubs and they want this big money. And right away, I said, you you don't believe in what we believe in. There's no problem with that. But this is not going to work if we're talking about, you know, certain high levels of money and people are at just cut it off right there and say, look, that's not what this is. This is a platform for you to get seen a platform for you to develop and improve yourself to move on. This isn't where you're going to make a million bucks in your first year. If that's what you're thinking, we have two different philosophies no problem with that, but I'm going to move on, you know? And so that's really what you have to lay out is what it is we're believing in, what it is we're trying to do. And, and some people like it and some people don't, and there's no problem either way. We of course want to make sure that every single player on the roster too. And I, we, Gucci and I were talking about this. We feel like, we have a very good group of young people, very hungry, very humble, very responsible, very respectful. And that was something very big to me. So any player, I make five, six, seven, eight phone calls of contacts of people that work with these kids. And if there's one that tells me you got to be careful, I, I, I move away because I'm very also careful that we build a good group of success, but they have to be the right type of people as well. I'm a little less cutthroat. You're a, little, you're a little less cutthroat. Yeah. This this is what we discuss a lot. Yeah, well, why is that? Like, can you speak to that? I mean, we have different visions in in, in certain situations. You know, um, you know, I come from a, a position of everyone makes mistakes. You know, yeah. and and one person's opinion doesn't really dictate that person. You know, maybe he had a bad um, interaction with a person yeah. you know i know a lot of people have had have had bad interactions with me but the majority of people <laughs> 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 he might say i'm a bad person right yeah. but, <laughs> but uh, generally, generally speaking i think that the majority would would not so i try to balance our, our two different uh viewpoints at, at times and you know sometimes it's a tug of war but I, like i like you said it earlier that's what um that's what makes this relationship work is that we're not scared to conflict with one another because it's, it's constructive criticism, you know? And, and at the end of the day, we know that it's, I'm saying it to make him better. He's saying it to make me better. And we're both saying it to make OCB better. And so that's, that's what, that, that's what makes it good because ultimately in organizations, there's usually egos and conflict of, of testosterone. And, and, and here it's, it's literally everyone's uh, for the common goal. Is it fair to say that the addition of, of Tony, Fernando, Magooch, and, and you, Mike, that you guys kind of broaden, you guys are kind of have a wide scope of angles, right? Experiences and and um, just uh, opinions about how things work. So like you said, if everyone's on the same page, you're all going in one direction. You could be on the wrong direction. So 
And I think having this broad approach makes sense. You, you could catch catch more things coming by. It happens every day. Things come up that we get together. I discuss with him, and I learn things every day from all these guys. You know, I wasn't thinking that way, or that's a good point, or Hooch may have an experience that was as similar to what it is, and he can. This is this is what a good team does, and I think, as Gooch said, I don't think there's any egos between anyone, and we're really fighting for Orlando City, and uh, it's a really good mix of people. Characters, personalities, and experiences that I, I really enjoy coming to work every day. I don't even consider it work. I come here and 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 love and get motivated to 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 be with these guys because I learn stuff every day and we become better as a result. Um, I got a question. You're talking about uh, the Atlético uh, Paranaense in Brazil that you have the connections there, and as you know, they're uh, one of Orlando City's uh, partners. Um, have you also explored possibly Wolfsburg, the other partners that uh, Orlando City has with Stoke uh, City, Benfica, and um, like I said, with Wolfsburg and all them? Have you guys gone out that way also or just sticking more to the Brazil connection? I heard Benfica. I, don't, I, I thought that was... Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't thought talking meant, to you. I, I, wasn't ta- I was talking... Oh, okay. He meant sporting. <laughs> yeah, so Gucci's not going to Benfica. Wait, we weren't talking to Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we we I, like red here, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'll and be purple. honest that, that with Wolfsburg, it's a relatively new partnership. Yeah. I have uh, traded emails with their director because I believe they do have a school in Germany as well. And we've been talking mm-hmm. to ideas of collaboration. Um, that's a relatively new uh, agreement that was just announced, I think, in December. Um, but I really I'm reserving some of these conversations with Luis Muzi because mm-hmm. I want to see what you know his vision is for exploring these partnerships. Because I think since he's um, he's come in, you know, it's really at his direction. And I don't want to overstep any bounds in that way. And so I do think it's valuable to have Benfica, to have, um, you know, Wolfsburg, to have Atletico Benancy and some of the other partnerships to take it advantage of. And, and I know that, uh, you know, Pere de Silva just went on loan with Atletico Benancy as well. So that's functioning quite well. And I think, you know, the more we can connect in, into these relationships, you never know where it can take you. You know, right. not just with players, but, you know, Atletico has uh, obviously a, everyone knows that the business of MLS is booming, you know, and, and a lot of people, maybe in some parts of the world, they know that marketing business uh, money for the club is done very well here in MLS and they want to learn. Just like we know that player development and, you know, player uh, acquisitions and talent at young age is a lot prom- more prominent maybe elsewhere. We want to learn about that. So, I think for me, it's a very, very important uh, aspect to the club. But again, you know, I have not sat down with Luis since he's arrived and discussed those things, and I look forward to doing so. Yeah, it's the reason that I'm asking is a lot of fans, um, as you know, we're the podcast for fans, and they like to ask questions. They, uh, they're they just wondering what the partnership's going on. And that, like you said, might be a, more of a Luis Muzi uh, uh, answer question to him. But it's just I mean, there's so much talent out there in those in this country, in Germany, Portugal, uh, Brazil. It's just I feel like we can grab some of those talents, you know, especially now. And no pun intended, you know, to you, Gooch. But, you know, Jamal Felix, the the 19-year-old kid. Now they got Diego Jota. I mean, I'm just going. I know Cleon doesn't like. But I'm just saying there's a lot of young kids in these that you guys could bring over here also. There's no question. And, and that's where really, you know, the philosophy that I want to see within this team is young kids. If you saw Ajax in the Florida Cup, I don't know if you guys watched any of those games. Do you know how old their captain was? I was 19. 19. Yeah, I was going to say 19. So the captain of Ajax who plays in Champions League, the captain is 19 years old. Yeah. 
if you had said that a 19 year old is a captain of an MLS team, people would just say, what? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so that's where this next generation for me movement is, is believing in the youth and giving them an opportunity because I do believe that some of these boys can play in MLS. I really believe that. And, you know, but there are some things off the field that they need to sharpen as well and learn before they can hop in that environment. Talent wise, put them on the field. Okay. That's one thing, but being able to handle a professional world and a professional life is another thing. And that's where we provide that platform to say, we're here not to give you five days or 10 days of preseason to make a decision. We're going to believe in you for one year, two years, three years, make sure you're ready. And then you go and have a career instead of just signing a contract. And I think that's, those are two different things. Um, I'm going to ask both of you out of the roster. Who's going to be the next star? You think? Put you guys on the spot. All 25. There you go. Nice. Good answer. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> OCB. There you go. There you go. The whole thing. <laughs> so um, go ahead and clean. You got a question? Oh, okay. Okay. So my, my question is that this youth movement you're doing, it's it's kind of um, not every club does that. As you see, some of the USL League One teams have 34, 35-year-olds, right? So how do you think that's going to – if you guys are successful, which I think a lot of people are going to be surprised about how good this team is going to be. How do you think that's going to change the kind of dynamic? People are going to try to, you know, in sports, it's always a copycat. You you watch successes and you, you emulate that. So how do you guys think, uh, is that what you think is going to happen? And how and you guys are just getting ahead of it? For me, I think that it will, it will change. Um, I, I've said before, um, and people think that I'm crazy, but I think USL League One will change the landscape of U.S. soccer. I believe that because, you know, if – if we provide this opportunity for kids ages 16 to 22 or 23 and it works, which I'm confident it will, am I saying that we're going to win a championship? I, I don't know. Are we going to be competitive? Yes. The goal, as we said at the beginning, is to develop first-team players. So if we develop two first-team players and don't win a championship, for me, it's a success. If we win a championship and you know Luis doesn't like any of our players, then it's not a success. Of course, the home run is if you develop home, uh, you know, first team players and win a championship, then then it makes all the sense in the world, which is our goal, of course, as competitive people. But I think that when people start to see that you can be competitive if you have proper scouting and you have the right type of players and you have a system and a style and a culture and you start developing players not only for MLS or the first team in Europe, then all of a sudden people are going to come into question, you know, what relevance does college soccer have um, in the development of kids? Um, there is relevance to college soccer in terms of developing the social side and the responsibility side, but in terms of the soccer side, and I'm not here to knock college soccer, but you do have to question our system of development between 18 and 22 is college soccer, which is three and a half months per year. That's, that's not going to develop. And you're starting to see a lot of the draft picks and all the teams starting to get released because they're not ready. Um, and it's not their fault. It's the fault of the rules. And not the fault of the coaches either. It's the fault of the rules and the hand that the college has been dealt. So if a kid now says, wait, at 17 or 18, I don't have, I, I can play for OCB and I can still study in college. Why do I need to go to Clemson? Or why do I need to go to Virginia? And that player gets into it. Jordan Bender is going to be playing a 10-month professional season at 17 years of age. That's a huge advantage for his career is if he can sign a pro contract by 19, that basically says – this boy is a professional at 19 when our system now says 21, 22-year-olds out of college go to the draft. And so if teams, as you said, if this works and other teams start to follow suit, 
it's then going to change the landscape of college soccer for young players uh, because they're going to have an opportunity to play pro. And that's what they all want. They want to play pro. They want to play more. They want to play 10 months. And that in and of itself will start to churn out and develop younger players, which then only assist the national teams, help our league in MLS. And eventually the ultimate result that I see is the U.S. national team senior team is providing better players to compete at the world stage, not just qualifying for the World Cup or making out of the group stage, but the U.S. then hopefully the goal is by 2026, we should be a major contender for a World Cup to get to the Elite Eight, to get to the Final Four, whatever the case may be instead of just what it is today. That's how I believe. I could be the only one that believes that, but that's how I firmly believe in my heart this will change everything. And I think at that point you'll see less people leaving, right? You're seeing a lot of youth go to like Germany, especially, right? just because they're having the ability to to uh, to get minutes. So, so Gucci, your first year here as a sporting director, what do you see as a successful season? And like, what impact do you, do you, do you like, what kind of impact do you feel like you need to make in order to feel like it was successful? successful season that's a yeah that's a big big ask but i mean for me personally and it might be different for mike but i i I hope it's 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 the similar similar outcome but for me like he said we want to be contenders in every game does that mean we win every game maybe not maybe so who knows but at the end of the year if at the end of the year we have one or two that are picked up by orlando city and another two that are picked up by another MLS team or two other players that sign in Europe somewhere versus another team that just won the championship with older players and nothing's happening. For me, that was a, a very successful season, you know, because that meant that our our philosophy was proven. We developed our youth and now they're ready to go on a bigger platform. Okay, um, quick question. As far as the academy kids who haven't made that decision, like you said, uh, Jordan was very clear, I'm not going to college, I want to go pro. Those academy kids that are still in between, I know um, the old OCB, we had a couple kids that they played, they actually played a few games, but then they went on to college, so I guess they wasn't, uh, they didn't actually sign a pro contract, or I don't know what the loophole is, but is that basically is that loophole still there to where some kids in your academy can play for OCB at least a few games and then yeah. um, make the decision later if they want to go pro or if they want to go to college? Yes. Yes. All all the academy players have their 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 contracts are structured to maintain their NCAA eligibility. So basically, what the situation is is that when you talk about NCAA eligibility, you have four years from when you start ninth grade until you're able to. Uh, they call it your clock, but your clock starts of eligibility when you're ninth grade and you have to finish all your academic classes by your 12th grade year. But you have the gap year or, you know, you have one year after you graduate to do whatever it is you want to do, but you have to enroll in a college one year after you graduate in order to maintain your four years of eligibility. So if you apply that to Jordan Bender, for example, he's a senior now, so he can play OCB. He can actually play OCB for another, the next year, Mm -hmm. And still have four years of college eligibility, college eligibility if he chooses to go to college. But basically, after you exhaust your four years and a gap year after five years, then we have to make a decision. Either you're going to go to college or we're going to sign you pro. You know, And at that time, I think we'll know. Austin Amer, for example, he's a kid that was with the Orlando City Academy that we signed. He went to Barca Academy and then he left and came back to us to sign OCB. He's in that gap year, that fifth year. So by the end of this year, we got to make a decision with him. You want to sign a pro contract? 
and lose your college eligibility, or do you want to explore college? And so we do this out of the protection of the kids to make sure that they do continue to have opportunities and that eligibility doesn't go away until its last moment where we can make a decision and say, here's your card. Here's what we think. We would like to offer you a professional contract, and here's what that entails. We're still going to pay for your college as well. Or you go to college and experience that life and, and because we don't think that there's a future for you at this club for example, but they still, they don't exhaust their eligibility because they sign a contract with OCB until the last possible day. Okay. And, um, is that only for the official DA that gets that option or, or, or like, let's say you got a 17 year old SEMA kid, um, who is an international. I know they can't sign pro, but if they're not actually signing a pro contract, are they allowed to also use that or no? Yes. We oh, they si- can. We, we signed two from Weston, for example. Weston's at U19s. Ignacio mm-hmm. Cubedo and uh, Luca Mancuso, who's a 17-year-old goalkeeper that we believe has big talent. You know, Even though they weren't in our DA, they signed with OCB. Mm-hmm. They're currently in Montverde Academy studying, and we still have that option. So Luca Mancuso is even 17 years old. He has a year and a half to train, play with OCB. We actually register him with our DA now, so he can play in DA games for U19. Mm-hmm. And be able to train and play with OCB and keep his NCAA eligibility. So it's very valuable. In addition to some of the flexibility of the roster in those in, in league one, you have active and inactive rosters, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, we have eight international roster spots. Mm-hmm. And so the beauty is, is that you can, for anybody loaned, any loaned uh, players or academy players, you can put them on active or inactive roster. So, for example, the three from Atletico Paranaense are lone players to the club. If we want to sit, for whatever reason, Leo Simas and put him on the inactive roster list, we can actually take a player from the U19 as an international and put him in to OCB for a game. So if Leo Simas is hurt, for example, we can put him on an inactive and pick one of our U19s that maybe wasn't on this roster, but sign him to OCB contract, keep him in, in flexible going back and forth if we wanted to do that. So it's very interesting with how the rules work, how we can also implement more players that are on our roster to be able to fluctuate back and forth to give them experience. We have some very good young players in our U19s, for example, uh, Casio Miranda, who played for the first team today against uh, Philadelphia Union as a left back. He's 18 years old in U19s. He's somebody that as the year goes on, we need to maybe get him an opportunity with OCB at some point, um, but we need to have the flexibility and roster rules to be able to do that. Luca Dorado is another winger of the U19s that, you know, the first team really likes. So we have these players that we, we need to continue to progress, but also have the flexibility of the roster to, to mix and match how we want to include everyone to develop. Is that going to be based on OCB's needs or like in the first team needs? or like How is the, the roster flexibility exploited, I guess? The idea for me really is that we have a solid U19 mm-hmm. and a solid OCB to make sure that if the first team, for example, wants to sign a test job, we aren't going to get in the way. A test you go, but then we have to have the ready player ready in U19 to step in. Okay. Because I don't want to go and try to recruit around the country again, around the world for a player to replace a test. We already have them in house. So our U19 has to be very strong. So if a test Jeff goes, we already have a number 10 in U19 ready to pull in. So U19 is like your OCB, so yeah, to speak. Exactly. Yeah, because awesome. like they're in first place right now in our division <clears throat> yeah. you know, for the first time that I can remember. Um, if you can compare last year, our U19s went to games with 10 players. Yeah. Like Nando and I went to, down to Weston with 10 players. We're on U19s. And now our U19s are top of the table. We take six of them, actually five of them, 
uh, for OCB, and we're still very, very competitive with with the U19s. So we have the the talent all the way down to be able to manipulate how we need to develop players, but also to make sure we're continuing to be competitive. That's one of the lures of the the program that mm-hmm. you have a true pipeline to the professional ranks, right? From the 14s to the 15s, where the 15s want to get to the 17s, 17s want to get to the 19s, 19s see the light at OCB, and OCB want to see the light at Orlando's first team, and and so on and so forth. So, you know, what we're creating here, what Orlando City has created here is a true pipeline for for the youth to be able to come up through their Orlando City program and, and be able to have a professional opportunity. And that, that same um, incentive is applicable to internationals, right? They're going to get a chance to be a professional and go to the first team, right? Correct. That's the idea. And, and that's why the integration with the first team is so important and been so great recently is because the players are feeling that. So today, Mason Lamb, who's from Claremont, was in with the first team playing against Philadelphia Union. The players of the U19s know that. Mm-hmm. You know? They yeah. know that him and Cassio with the first team. So now they're knowing – it's real. I, I can maybe do this. And yeah. if Mason can do it, I can do it, you know? And, and so it really is. And, and one of the big philosophies that I really like about Tony Hernandez, who, who came from Valencia and developed many players of the first team there, expensive players, is with our academy, we're playing everyone up. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if Jelani Forbes uh, could play for the U19s, we've signed him with OCB. So that means that our U15 left back goes to U17s. You know, so we're playing U17 matches with a 15-year-old. That should be on the U15s, but we're playing U17. So everything's accelerating, even though maybe the results aren't there. You won't maybe you lose a game or whatever. This week we lost, I think, our U13 match. We lost against a team from Palm Beach. Mm. But half of the team are actually 70% of the team were U12s. Mm. So, you know, everyone say, oh, we beat Orlando City. But for us, it's like, okay, let's see how a U12 does in U14 or U13 and see how he handles it. And we're winning in the end. In the long run, mm-hmm. but maybe not in the short term. But the development of the kids accelerated when you play against older players. So the whole thing, all the way down, is a very big philosophy that we have to challenge the players, but to develop them. Because ideally, for me, we want our U19s to age-wise be U17s. Mm-hmm. We want our U17s age-wise be U15s. 15s age-wise U14s in the perfect world. That's going to take us some time to build. But if you can do that, then you're really ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. And you got young professionals. The professional clock starts. They're playing up too. Yeah, exactly. Right. They're playing, playing nineteen year. Let's say you get nineteen year old captains. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And that's how you do it. That's awesome. They, they, you guys are playing chess. People playing checkers out there. <laughs> you got a question yeah. for? And, and that goes with. Well, sorry, what well, Gooch was talking about the mentality thing. They're being challenged. You know, they're going up a level, right? Constantly. And the things that the fan base needs to understand about OCB is, of course, our mission is to provide an entertaining football, yeah. talented youngsters. You know, but when you do that and you trust in youngsters, you also have to understand it's like school. Young kids, they're going to make mistakes and you're going to lose a game. You're going to lose two, three games because a mistake was made. And yeah, we want to compete in every game we want to win. But at the same time, we also have to understand what the overall goal is and and allow these kids to make mistakes. Because usually what happens is that if a kid goes into a first team and they make a mistake, they hook them because the coach doesn't want to say, look, I can't trust that player. And that player unfortunately, is out. Here, if a player makes a mistake, the next move we need to make, get him back on the field. Play him again and see if he learns from that mistake. Now, if it happens again, then we have a problem. But we need to trust that, look, we know we're going to make they're making mistakes, but we, we understand that. We understand the age that we're dealing with, and they have to make mistakes in order to learn. And that may cost you a game. But at the same time, you know, this is what the project really is about. Um, basically, you guys were talking about you guys have players that are loaned. Now, the players that are developed here with OCB and Sigma transfer fees. Say somebody uh, 
in Europe or in Brazil want one of the players here that belongs to OCB? The transfer fee would that go to Orlando City? I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. That's uh, and then if it's SEMA, it goes to you guys, correct? No. This or is how a, does it how does it work? Yeah. So it, it, we're, a part, we're we're together. Okay. You know, we are one. So you know, it's it's a lot of people are thinking, you know, SEMA and Orlando, we're, we're all one thing. And so when a player transfers to Europe, Orlando City is the, the correct. Orlando, Orlando, they're Orlando City players. Any transfer fee goes to Orlando City. We are one in this. And so I think that's important for people to see. It's not like, oh, well, you know, some of it goes to SEMA and some of it goes here. No, we are Orlando City. We are Orlando City B. So Sergio, for example, if he comes mm-hmm. in here and, and eventually gets a transfer somewhere, that goes to Orlando City because he's on a contract for Orlando City. You know, and uh, and that's really how we're delineating. They're, they're, we're all, if you can think of it, this is Orlando City. We are all one. They're different programs and operation daily, but together it's one project. Gotcha. Um, we got a big, uh, I got a big thing here. Roster rundown. Could you go over the roster with us real quick, if possible? Sure. Um, you know, we we decided to take three goalkeepers. Um, you know, we start always with the goalkeepers and. Uh, you know, we have three different dynamic goalkeepers that I think are all different qualities. Um, we have Christian Herrera, who, you know, Gooch knew very well. Um, we discussed him. He played for Swell Park Rangers last year. He's about six foot eight. Um, wow. Two, wow. Yeah. 21 years old, born 97. Um, you know, he has a lot of experience. He's played with the U18 national team of Mexico and U20 of Mexico and U18s of U.S. and U20s of U.S. So, you know, he's, he's a promising talent, has huge presence. Uh, great kid. Um, Luco Mancuso is a player we took from Weston's U19. We played him here last semester, and he had a very good game, and Endo and I both liked his personality. He's more of a project long-term that we can use with the U19s to get him games, but also train with OCB, but already he's showing very good signs of maturity for his age. And then, of course, Juliano, who's a national team player for Brazil, played for Atletico Paranaense U23s. He's the number one um, for Atletico right now in their U23s, and I think that you know, it'd be interesting to see how these three battle it out because just because somebody's from Petanaint, somebody's from Swill Park Rangers, they're 17 year old yeah. for us. Whoever the best keeper is, is going to play. You know, it doesn't matter what your history is because here it starts from zero. So, you know, we, I believe we have three very good goalkeepers, including a young project that, that we believe in that, that who knows, maybe by the end of the season, he, he's playing games. We don't know. Um, Jelani Forbes, of course, comes from the academy. Jelani's 16 years old from the Claremont area. He's currently at Montverde Academy studying. He's been in the DA, came from Florida Rush, um, national team player as well. And he's a very athletic attacking left back. Um, he's in with the national team last semester and did quite well. Um, just needs, he needs time, but he has the ability, he has the athletic tools for sure. Um, Wilfred Williams is a player who I've known for a while. He's originally Liberian, but he has a U.S. passport. Um, from the, he's been on the senior national team of Liberia. Um, he was drafted last year by Kansas City, I believe, in the, in the Super Draft. Um, also very dynamic, African left back, very good attacking player with good delivery. He's a leader as well, which I like. He's on the older end of the roster at 22 or 23. Um, great kid, but, you know, uh, he, he can play as a winger or he can play as a left back. So left back position is going to be very competitive. And our idea uh, is to have two players that can either one of them can play on the weekend. It's just a matter of who who wins the duel. You know, so we have two left backs, two left center backs, two right center backs, and you have a chance to play if you win the spot in training. Um, we also have uh, Mateo Silva, who we talked about, a left-sided center back, a left-footed center back. 
Um, he can also play as a, as a defensive midfield player. He's a big presence, got a feet of a number 10, sweet left foot. Um, but he has experience in MLS and USL championships. So um, that'll be very helpful for us. And I think you guys spoke with him earlier. He's a he's sort of a homegrown player for us, if you will, because he landed here when he was 16 and was a student at Montvert uh, before he went on his professional career. Randy Mendoza is also a left-sided player. He can play as a left back or a left center back. Was with UC Santa Barbara. We brought him in this year, this summer for PDL. Has a great mentality, a great work ethic. Um, really wants to be a professional, very mature kid. But again, he can play as a left back, a left center back, um, and he proved himself very worthy in the Sea this summer with us. You know, on and off the field. Brandon John, we discussed a Canadian, um, a right center back, very athletic, very fast, um, closing speed, can. Great ability in the air and good distribution has had opportunities to play in Europe and in MLS. So, um, you know, as a young player, he has experience to help us and has the personality we look for as a leader as well. Jordan Hill is a player, the right sided center back or right back that came from Davidson. Um, you know, he's one of these that I think needs the right environment and needs a chance out of college. Um, and, and, you know, he's doing very well so far, but physically as a specimen, he, he has all the tools athletically with pace, with uh, leaping ability, with athleticism and technical ability. Um, and he's multi-position. He can play as a right-sided center back or a right back. But, um, you know, he's one that's going to need some time. But I see within one, two years, he'll be ready, in my opinion. Um, Leo Simas is an attacking right back from Atletico Paranaense. Very, very promising young talent, born in 98. You know, he's in November 98, so he's just turned 20. But for me, he's a high, high-level player. Um, you know, people really enjoy watching him play because the way he gets up the flank, one versus one ability in his service, um, you know, it's some of the best I've seen for that age uh, when I go around the world. Uh, Tanner Hummel is a player we took from Kentucky. Um, I've known his father for quite some time, but I never really knew his son played soccer um, until I watched Kentucky. I watched Kentucky a lot this year because we have a couple players there, and I watched them last year as well and always admired. This kid is more of a... He's a role player. He'll play any position you want. He's a, you know, just works for the team, um, team type attitude, you know, just wants a chance. And that's some of the things that we were talking about before. He's here because he wants a chance. And these types of players you need within the team because they're vital to the success. He has no ego. He's a workmanlike attitude, shows up for training with a smile every day and does the business. And those players have careers. Um, Austin Amer is one we believe in. He's at a very good first week. Um, you know, Gooch hadn't seen him before, and I remember the f- second day I showed up, he said, who's this Austin Amer? Because this kid's, this kid's legit. Um, Nando and I saw him at Barca Academy. We knew he was from Orlando City's Academy a couple years back, but then when he went to Barca Academy, we watched the game in November, and he plays the defensive midfield position exactly how Nando views it. He's basically a deep-lying playmaker, very calm on the ball, very technical player. Um, he's got good size for 18 years old, and he's from Tampa. So, you know, he's another sort of, Orlando City Academy signing that we're proud of because, uh, and he's done very well for a young player. Serginho, uh, as we talked about from Corinthians, he's been in with the first team as a national team player of Brazil. I saw him training with the first team when I was visited Corinthians, and he was, in my opinion, one of the best players. Um, he's, he's a very mature player that I think has a very high ceiling and will help us on the field. Take you know, He's the type of player that can have an impact because playing against 34-year-old guys isn't going to bother him. You know, He's been playing at high level for his whole life, so um, we need some of these players. He can play as a, a box-to-box midfield player or a defensive midfield player, um, but you know, really he can play any position on the field that because I've seen him do it. Um, and so I have a lot of high expectations for him. Um, Jordan Bender, as we discussed, is another Orlando City product, has been with the club for a long time. Uh, we discussed his progression. He can play as a winger. 
Um, when he started with the DA, he was a winger, but I like him more inside. I like him more central. Um, and I think, you know, when he played there for the first team, he did quite well. He actually played as a, a left back as well for the first team, did quite well there. But he has the tools to be a winger. Um, he has a tool to be box to box. Um, but, you know, he has versatility there, which I think is, is very important for his his uh, progression and ceiling. This player is very interesting to me because, as Gucci was saying before, a lot of players can fall through the cracks. Steven Hernandez is a player from New York. He comes around the same area where, say, Pierre De Silva came from, um, and not many people know who he is. But this kid is a very good player. He's a left-footed midfield player or winger, very crafty, one versus one, technical player. Um, and as a, you know, he's only 21 years old. He left college for this. Um, he, he's studying criminal justice. He's very good head on his shoulders. And of course, he's going to be enrolling in our college option for the kids. Um, but you know, he's one that it, it has big personality in terms of maturity for a young player. And I really like what I see out of him so far. Um, Atez Juf is a diamond for me. I mean, Atez Juf is a player that is from Senegal. I saw him in Dakar. He's the one I've been following since he's 11 years old. He came here at 15. He's a s- sweet boy. Um, you know, he always is smiling. And he's he's a wicked talent that I think, you know, in this environment, the first team should be keeping a close eye. They really enjoyed having him at the first team um, for preseason. But uh, being with OCB, I think we'll get him over the hump. He needs a little bit more physical presence to him, I think, to survive at the, at the MLS level. But he's close. Um, so I think people are going to enjoy watching him. Rafael Santos is a Brazilian player, came from Flamengo before he came from Montford Academy, studied here two years, was an All-American at VCU, drafted by DC United. He's a very typical, traditional, smooth number 10 of Brazil. Um, he's great vision, excellent technical ability. He's very calm on the ball, can score goals from distance. Um, you know, for me, again, one year, I think somebody will take him because he's he's very, very good player and very technical and smooth. And typically what you think about of a Brazilian number 10 is what he is. Um, Kobe Osiwusu is one that, you know, Gooch uh, knows very well. Um you know, he, he went to George Washington. Yep. Yeah, he was a four-year player at George Washington. He's a U-20 national team of Ghana. Um, he's also a very versatile player. He can play. He's played everywhere at Richmond last year as a number nine, a winger, a 10, box to box. Um, and he's a very, very good kid. He's one of our older players in the group at 23, but we expect him to be a leader. That's one of the reasons why, you know, uh, I think it was appropriate for you to talk to him because he's a very responsible kid. He has a little bit of a turf toe thing we're dealing with right now, but he should be returning to training, I think, and maybe not tomorrow, but the next day. But um, he's a very athletic kid with, with good skill um, and can score goals. Luke Granitour is is the baby of the group, along with Jelani. You know, he's 16 years old as of two weeks ago. Um, is a Montverde Academy student. He's the one I told you um, his father was sleeping in the car, and, and that's what caught my attention to him. But he's a winner. He's, he's a competitor. He's a winner. And he's a goal scorer, and those are hard to find. Um, you know, he in our first uh, inter squad f- friendly match against each other, he scored three goals um, as a 16 year old. So nice. he, he's got what everyone wants in goal scoring ability. Jago de Souza is the one from Atletico Paranaense as a winger. Um, he can play on the right side, left side, very good one versus one, is incredible pace, um, technical player. And he's one that Atletico feels as though needs another experience to see how he how he responds, and, and it will add to his overall upside to get another experience. But very, very good player, a typical Brazilian winger that you'd think of. Um, Sebastian Joffrey, I remember this kid. Um, <laughs> I think it was last year or two years ago, uh, Nando was coaching a high school game here for us, and uh, we played his high school um, at the Gulfport, yeah, Gulf Coast High School. And this player destroyed our team. 
Um, you know, I was like, <laughs> I was watching, I was watching the press box. I said, who, who is this kid? I went straight down to the coach. I said, what's this kid's name? Because he was very good. He's Bolivian, um, yeah. but he's got his American citizenship. And, uh, you know, I had asked him to play PDL for us, but he, I think he was going on trial with Seattle or something at the time. It never worked out. Um, and then when I was watching Musa Gay, who comes from our program, um, who's now at Eastern Florida, I was watching him, um, tracking his progress on, on the internet for games. I saw Sebastian. So I called Oliver 12 trees and said, is this a kid that that's from Florida? And yes. I mean, he destroyed, uh, things in the, in the final games in, in the Juco national championships. And so I said, I remember this kid, you know, I remember him when he played out here. And so I contacted the boy, I contacted the coach and explained the situation. And I, he's one that I see a young player, 21 years old, Bolivian player, very technical. He, he's also a winger, uh, winger type player, but he can play inside as well as a number 10. But, you know, he's a typical South American type technical player that can score goals and take people on. Um, Moises Tablanti is an academy product. Um, you know, he is also a very, very dynamic winger, left footed extreme pace can score goals from distance um we play him as a right winger cutting inside but you know he's got electric speed and the left foot very technical south american type player because he's originally from venezuela so um he's a young player at 17 years of age that we we believe has a big future ignacio cubedo he's another one who from weston um more of an attacking player we saw him uh, play against our u19s last year and liked him um you know he's come in here um you know it's a little bit challenging for him at the moment but um, again this is why we do this um, you know he's 18 years of age first time away from being home um, he's a student at Montverde boarding here now and so um, you know we'll, time will tell with him but you know we, we we liked what we saw and that's the reason why we signed him but again some of these players develop at different times some adjust right away some take six months with our international kids at SEMA I don't even expect their best until a year after they get here because it's just too much in terms of their adaptation uh, Trezor Mabu um, Buyu, sorry, Mbuyu. Um, you know, he was a player from Liberty. Um, again, he was originally from the Congo, um, but has his U.S. citizenship. Um, a very dynamic winger, extreme pace, can play as number nine, score goals, was an All-American at Liberty this year. Um, very humble kid, hardworking, and uh, I think people are going to like watching him just because of his athleticism and pace getting forward. Yeah. yeah. He's very crafty, one versus one. He can score goals. He's a very technical player. Um, and he's very humble. He's 22 years old. And then the last one is our striker, Will Begru, who, um, you know, he was a very, very high-level player from Mercer. Um, you know, he was an All-American at Mercer, and then he got drafted last year at Kansas City. He's a very dynamic kid, Ivory Coast player, who is very strong, um, and he's a goal scorer. You know, he's one that can handle going up against two or three defenders at the same time because he's so strong, and a player that we're going to need, um, the type of player that we need for hold-up play. Um, and also goal scoring ability. And so, um, you know, maybe Drogba. Yeah. I mean, the, the average age of this team is 19 and a half. So if you wow. look at, yeah, if you look at all the ages combined, uh, it's 19 and a half, uh, average age. And, you know, I really feel like we have a very dynamic roster filled with everything that we're looking for and building our team. And so, of course, it's going to take time because you're taking kids of various ages. They're going through a variety of different things. You're dealing with some kids that have never been home and never been away from home before. So mentally, they're dealing with that in preseason. And then you're dealing with Mateo Silva, who's played three years pro uh, and everything in between. And so we have to manage that. And that's a really big reason and role for Gooch to be able to manage that with the players um, to get the most out of them come the 30th of March when we open it up against Tucson. Very good, Will. Heard it here first. Well, you guys are going to announce it, and then we'll have this uh, podcast, basically, afterwards. And uh, 
Ticket availability. Can you tell us uh, about tickets? That should be coming up very soon. Um, we're finalizing all the packages and, uh, and, and how tickets are going to be. But basically, it's going to be a cheap ticket. Um, you know, students are going to be five bucks, um, adults ten. Season tickets, I believe, are $99 for the season. You know, the idea behind OCB is really that you come to an event that's enjoyable for the family because our focus is on a certain age um, where we want families to come out and enjoy soccer. We want kids from the academy to be able to come out and watch their peers play. Um, and us being a school at Montverde Academy, it's a family-type atmosphere. So um, we have some very interesting things to make in an event so everyone feels welcome and everyone enjoys. Um, it's a little bit different type of dynamic than, say, the first team. Um, but for us, we want families, kids to come out and dream and see, Hey, that's a 16 year old kid playing pro. I can do that and inspire the youth and inspire the kids and give a pathway for kids from all the clubs around and, and really unite the community out here in, 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 in Lake County. Um, but the fight of course, and the mission overall is that players come here, they develop and then move downtown to the big boys. Um, that's, that's really what I'm excited to see because I believe in these, this group of players that we have. Awesome. Thank you, Mike, for doing this. And, and the for, first for game, the first game is actually March 30th at 7.30. And, it, well, it's going to be here at Mountain Verde That's right. against Tucson. Uh, awesome. Well, Gooch, Mike, thank you very much uh, for letting us come in, like uh, Eddie was saying. I also want to thank our sponsors uh, real quick, Field Turf USA. Yeah, Field Turf USA has been a partner of us for quite a while. You see the Super Bowl played on their materials, the team that won the Super Bowl plays on, on Field Turf. We're glad to have them as a partner again this year and accurate mortgage uh, group for all your mortgage uh, lending needs. Follow them at AMG lenders on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for more information. And also Casey sports bar on Heathrow in the shopping center in Lake Berry. So guys, thank you very much. And uh, hopefully we can do this again a little bit, you know, during uh, maybe Mike in the, uh, the season after it starts. We're huh. expecting all of you guys to be at the first game. That's right. Oh, yeah. we'll, be oh, we'll be there. We'll be the, there. First four ga- the first four games are all at home. So, yeah, first four, yep, four yeah. games are at home. So I think I'll be there every game. Just yeah, like, that'll be great. Uh, just yeah. like Do not wear Benfica jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just for you. <laughs> That's what there. I want. I wanted to say this, guys. Mount Verde is beautiful. They're doing a lot of good stuff. Everyone's always talking about grow soccer in the U.S. and everything. This youth movement, letting kids play, is something that could be, um, you know, huge in regards to soccer nationwide. So if you really support soccer growing, then support OCB and come out and watch them. Most definitely. Uh, and this is the future. These are the future players that you're going to see uh, all over the world uh, after they are uh, playing here. So thanks again, guys. And uh, we'll see you guys next time right here on Orlando Lions Den Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Orlando Lions Den Podcast. Until next time, be sure to check us out on Twitter and Facebook and at OrlandoLionsDen.com.